Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at Life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. 2020 is going to be an interesting year for our church. Uh, It's going to be a huge year as we look to relocate to our Alambie Crescent property. Uh, Just remain in prayer towards that. Uh, All of our plans are with uh, the draftsman at the moment uh, and then have to go through the planning phase. So we we just really pray for God's favour for that to be uh, speedy so that we can launch into the construction phase. But uh, yeah, remain prayerful about that. It is going to be an exciting year for us as a church. So while 2020 will be um, uh, a year of great focus for our church, particularly on that move, uh, I want to ask you the question this morning uh, about your personal focus for 2020. What is your personal focus? Um, Some of you can probably answer that pretty quickly. Others might have to pause and think a while about that, what's going to be my primary focus for 2020. And then there's another group of people who hate those kinds of questions. So I don't know which category you fall into this morning. But let me start by saying this, that developing the right focus begins by looking through the right lens. Developing the right focus begins through looking through the right lens or establishing a really solid foundation. It's going to be hard to get your focus right if your priorities aren't right, and if your foundation is not right. And I can't think of a better scripture to build a new year on than Philippians 3, starting at verse 7, where Paul writes these words, But all these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I've thrown them all away so that I can put my trust and hope in Christ alone. Yes, everything else is worthless, When compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I've put aside all else, counting it worth less than nothing, in order that I can have Christ and become one with him, no longer counting on being saved by being good enough or by obeying God's laws, but by trusting Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith, counting on Christ alone. Now I've given up everything else and I've found it to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and die with him so that whatever it takes, I will be, I will be one who lives in the fresh new... new sorry... I will be one who lives in the fresh newness of life of those who are alive from the dead. I don't mean to say I'm perfect. I haven't learned all that I should even yet. But I keep working toward that day when I'll finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past Looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. I think that's a great passage of Scripture. There's a lot to dig into there. But I want to talk this week and next week, uh, either side of a new year, about focus. Because when things in life, friends, are out of focus, 
a lot of stuff can get really, really blurry. Uh, sadly, I think way too many people live life without a great deal of focus. When we live life without a great deal of focus, we can end up wasting so much energy on a whole bunch of tasks that actually have no apparent purpose. You know, people waste so much time, so much energy, so much resource on stuff that just doesn't have significant purpose. As a church, we must have a focus. A lot of people seem to think that it's the church's job to jump on board with uh, every good idea, to support every good idea and every good cause under the sun. Well, if it is the church's responsibility and role to support good causes, there are a million good things that we could be doing. But let me encourage you, it's not our job, it is not our mission to support and engage in every single good cause that comes across our path. Because, friends, that is not focus, that is blurred vision. We must have focus because if our vision is blurry, no one will know where we're going. No one will know what our mission is, what it is that we're supposed to be doing. But if we are focused, then we can see where we're going and the best way for us to get there. Now, it's not that all the causes that come across our path uh, aren't good, because they are. There's some great causes. But we must always ask ourselves, does this resonate with where we are heading? Does this resonate with who we are as a church? Does this bring greater clarity to our vision or does it make our vision a little blurry? If it doesn't resonate with who we are as a people, if it doesn't resonate with what our core vision is, then the answer is no. And let me tell you, the older I get, the easier I find it to say no. Because I think the older you get, the wiser you get. And a big, uh, a big lesson of wisdom, uh, and it's often learnt through the pain and the tough lessons, uh, but uh, I, I've learnt with wisdom and age to actually say no. And I've discovered that saying no to someone is often far less than the pain of saying yes and committing to something that has absolutely no, nothing to do with where we are heading. So one of the keys to being focused is having the discipline and learning the discipline to say no when no is necessary. It's interesting as you watch young people grow and develop, one of the things young people have to learn is focus. And focus does come with time, it does come with maturity. And uh, for young people, you know, sometimes they, you know, They'll go and have a gap year. They'll travel the world. You know, they, they won't commit to a relationship. They will, uh, you know, just live free-spirited. They won't hold a job for, uh, you know, more than 10 or 12 months. And, and, and while you're young, that is fun and that is incredibly adventurous. Uh, but if you're still doing that when you're in your 40s, it's an absolute train wreck. So we've got to develop and we've got to grow focus. There comes a time where each one of us need to focus. Not only do people fail to focus, sometimes the trap they fall into is developing the wrong focus, where you should have been focusing on this thing here and instead you got distracted and you were focusing on that. 
A, a lot of people, and, and uh, I, I try to disconnect from a lot of stuff that's talked about on social media, but, but a lot of people are so distracted by arguing things that make no difference at all. Uh, and people are spending so much time and energy fighting all the wrong battles, putting so much effort into wrong places and developing a wrong focus or just being plain distracted. It's interesting when you drive a car, you've got this big thing in front of you called a windscreen and a windscreen is the thing that shows you where you're going. Now in the middle of the windscreen at the top, you've got another field of view called a a rear vision mirror, rear view mirror. And all it does, the only purpose it has is to see what's behind you, to see where you've come from. You see... What you need to know in life is not where you've come from and that's why your rear vision mirror is so small and your windscreen is so large because you need to know where you're going. You need to focus on what's coming up, on what lies ahead. Some people, friends, sadly, never get their life into focus because they're not looking at what's ahead. They're looking in the rear view mirror and they're so consumed with what's behind. They can't focus on what's ahead because they can't escape what's behind and they cannot move forward because they're constantly making excuses based on their past. You know, I had a very well-meaning person once tell me that, oh, your church uh, is, is so privileged and so middle class that we would not know how to reach out to those who are broken and doing life tough. Now, I was very polite And I said, I'm sorry, but you have no idea about the stories that are represented in this congregation. We have those who have escaped the most horrible abuse. We we have those who have known the hopeless grip of addiction. We We have those who have known the pain of family breakdown. We have those who have known the shame of financial failure. We have those who have grown up incredibly underprivileged and undereducated. So what you're actually observing is a congregation of ordinary, broken people who have been wonderfully saved by Jesus, whose lives have been wonderfully and incredibly and supernaturally transformed and those people would testify to the words of Paul who says this in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has what gone and the new has come and these are people who are saying I'm not looking back I'm not looking back. I'm focused on what's ahead, not what's behind. It's not my past that defines me. It is my future in Christ that defines me. Which means I'm not going to wear my past on my sleeve for all to see as some kind of badge of honour, which then gives me a huge sense of entitlement. And I'm certainly not going to use my past as an excuse for bad behavior. Friends, we've got to shift our focus. We've got to start looking forward, not looking back. We've got to shift our focus to what's ahead and start focusing on the right things. You see, right now, and this is uh, true for every single one of us, right now in your life, you are living off the fruit of past focus. I'll say that again. Right now, every single one of us is living off the fruit of past focus. For example, 
what you reap in your 30s, you will, uh, sorry, what you sow in your 30s, you will reap in your 50s. So the warning there is be careful what you sow. If you didn't sow anything in your 30s, you'll starve in your 50s. So you need to develop a plan. You need to develop a focus for your life while you are still young. And the biggest tragedy for so many people is that they don't even have a focus in their 50s and they fail in their 50s to plan for their 70s. And they get to their 70s and then they suddenly find themselves reaping all of the challenges of their failure to focus in their 50s. And friends, if we don't have focus, everything ahead of us is going to get incredibly blurry. Now, one of the big reasons that a lot of people never get focused is because they're so concerned about what everybody else thinks about them. And they're more focused on keeping up appearances. They're more focused on keeping uh, this facade of I'm doing okay. They're so focused on pleasing other people that they often fail to build a future for themselves or for their family. They waste so much time trying to maintain an image. We waste, friends, we, we waste so much time worrying about what other people think about us and we get incredibly distracted. Now, there's a great encounter in the Bible where Jesus was focused, but the disciples got distracted. In Luke 9 and 49... John comes to Jesus, Master, he says, we saw a man driving out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he's not one of us. Don't stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem and he sent his messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him, but the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. I find this really interesting. Verse 49, John says, Master, uh, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him. Because he's not one of us. And to, pray, to paraphrase Jesus' answer, he's basically saying, John, you got the wrong focus. You're focused on the wrong thing. Why are you worried about what they're doing over there? I'm not worried about what they're doing over there. And friends, the same lesson that Jesus shares with his disciples, he would share with many people here in this place this morning. You're spending all your energy trying to manage what somebody else is doing. Why? Why are you spending so much energy? Why are you so distracted trying to micromanage what somebody else is doing? And you're wasting all of your time trying to change something that you do not have the power to fix. And you're tired and you're exhausted trying to change somebody who will not be changed or help somebody who will not be helped. And friends, when you focus on stuff like that, when you focus on stuff you shouldn't be focused on, you lose sight of your purpose. Verse 51 tells us, as the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. 
Jesus was resolute. He was focused. He knew his purpose. He didn't have time to be sidetracked. Friends, are you focused in life? Because the reality is life is too short not to be focused. I I never, ever want to lose focus. I don't want life to be blurry. It is too short. Kerry and I, we've just crossed 30 years of ministry. Uh, I I, want to know how much I've got within me, how much focus that I've got within me for the next 25 or, God willing, 30 years of ministry. Uh, So I have to focus my thinking. I have to focus my energy. I have to make some tough decisions, the decisions that says, well, I am going to be focused on that and i got to let that go. I just don't want to go through the motions today of doing the same things today that I did yesterday or the same things in 2020 that I did in 2019. And, and I've, got to, I've got to focus my thinking. I've got to focus my energy. Friends, if you're going to move forward, you must have Focus, can I encourage you this morning? Stop worrying about everybody else. Stop worrying about who's right and who's wrong. Then in this text, the disciples became all worried about the Samaritans not welcoming Jesus. Now, Jesus had already been to Samaria. He'd done his time there. He'd done his ministry there. And and, and he's basically saying, I don't really care if I'm welcomed there or not. I've got my focus right now set on Jerusalem. And in this season of my life, Samaria is not my focus. In this season of my life, Jerusalem is my focus. So disciples, don't try to shift my focus. Friends, the truth is this. We do not have enough strength to do everything. We do not have enough time to do anything, to do everything. We don't have enough money to do everything. We have to focus. And Jesus didn't enter into discussion about this other ministry, this other guy who was a stranger to the disciples, who was casting out demons in Jesus' name. Jesus, he, he just dismissed that. He couldn't care less. He wants to maintain his focus. The Apostle Paul writes these words in Philippians 3 and 13, but one thing I do, there's focus right there, Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Friends, there are way too many people putting way too much energy into things that are not profitable. And interestingly, when we back up to chapter 1, we see that Paul recognizes something very, very similar that the disciples did Uh, And he writes these words in verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in in chains. But what does it matter? I love this attitude. What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. That is an amazing attitude. And I know it messes with our head a little bit, but I, I just love this attitude. And this is this very, very similar scenario that we see in Luke chapter 9. As long as they are preaching Jesus, 
I don't have the time and I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to lose focus caring about their motive. I don't care if they are for me or against me. I don't care if their motives are true or false. As long as they are preaching Christ, I'll rejoice. And Jesus would say, I do not have the time to get out of focus. I'm not going to be distracted by somebody else's behavior. Focus is too important to be compromised. Now, friends, you may not believe this, um, but some people don't like me. That's the right response. But you know, one thing that I've learned over all these years of ministry is that it is foolish and pointless to break my focus to try and go and waste time in an attempt to change other people's opinion of me. Absolute waste of time. I've got to stay focused. So I can let them distract me. I can let them get under my skin. I can listen to that opinion and, 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 and try to put out fires I didn't start. Or I can get on and maintain focus. Friends, every single one of us has to choose what battles we fight. Every single one of us have to choose what it is that we allow us to, to stay awake at night. We have to choose what we worry about. Because when you have way too many things on your mind, you will absolutely lose focus. And way too many of us allow our minds to be totally preoccupied with things we cannot change. So let's get back to our key text. When the Bible says that Jesus set out resolutely towards Jerusalem, we've got to understand Jerusalem for Jesus was an incredibly dangerous place. They were looking for Jesus in Jerusalem. He was on the hit list in Jerusalem. But in spite of that danger, it says Jesus was resolute. He was focused. And Jesus at that moment knew what many of us in this room probably know and have experienced. The very, very great and real and powerful spiritual principle that the greatest resistance comes directly before the greatest opportunities. The greatest resistance comes before the greatest opportunities. And friends, in order to realize the greatest opportunities, sometimes you've got to endure the greatest resistance. And one of the greatest weapons that we have the greatest weapons of resistance is focus he set out resolutely towards Jerusalem another translation says his face was set towards Jerusalem so uh, how are you going this morning with focus what will your focus be in 2020 I'm going to invite the band up and we're going to have a huge early mark this morning which is pretty cool I'm going to finish part two of this next week, so um, come along next week. Um, a couple of years ago, um, I flipped a jet ski and lost my glasses and my phone and Pastor Dan's keys. <laughs> it was okay, I, I had an older pair of glasses, it was an older prescription. Uh, but I had to go to one of the big glasses chains uh, to get fitted for some new glasses. And went in there and the optometrist was very, very skilled 
at pushing the button on a computer that did his work for him. Uh, and, and it was just, you sit in front of one computer thing and then you go on to another and it's all done and he gets the readout and says, there's your prescription for your glasses. Waited for two weeks for my new glasses to come. Uh, got them, put them on, they felt a bit funny and after an hour I just had this massive caning headache. And I took them back and I said, there's something wrong with these things. They're just, and, and I realised I could only get one eye in focus at a time. I couldn't get them both in focus together, which you can't walk around doing this. It just looks really weird. Um, but aside from that, it just gave me this massive headache. So I said, could you, could you fix them? So they, oh, we found the problem and uh, got another pair. Two weeks later, exactly the same thing. And I took it back and I said, they're still not right. And they said, well, you've got one more go and then you'll have to pay after the third replacement. So two weeks later, got them back, exactly the same thing again. So I gave up, went back to my older prescription pair of glasses, knowing that in a couple of months' time, I would be in Burma. I've been wearing glasses for seven years. My favourite optometrist in the world is this old guy who must be 80 in the shade, doesn't speak a word of English. He sits in his little office out the back of a glasses shop in downtown Yangon in Myanmar. And uh, he gets it right every single time. And he doesn't have a single computer. I don't know what he's saying. And he comes in and he puts this huge, and you might remember this from your childhood, this huge thing on your face. And then he drops these lenses in and you just got to give a thumbs up because I don't know what he's saying. Is, is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes through the process of putting a lens in and it's either a yes or a no and he puts that one aside and then he puts another one in and that one aside and he puts another one in and that one aside. He puts another one and you go, bang, that's it, that's the one. And what some of us have got to learn to do is to put a whole bunch of stuff aside to allow correct focus to come. And so my prayer for you guys that 2020 would be a year of focus. A year where you decide I am going to be the best steward of my time, my talents, my resources, because currently all of those things are wasted on a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. And to say, God, I want to live 2020 with a kingdom focus dialed in. I'm going to look through the windshield, not glued on the rear view mirror. I'm going to look around and say, God, today is a day of opportunity. Today is a day of kingdom focus and spend less time on devices and more time living your life intentionally for the glory of God. Can I hear an amen this morning?